And welcome to Raw Recovery, a Charging Together podcast. My name is Dion Miller, and I will be your host today. Our new host, Sierra, will be coming on in the next few weeks. You'll be able to enjoy her interview style. I'm really looking forward to that great addition to our team. Um, and somebody with some different experience is kind of what we need, you know. Um, today, I'm happy to have on a good friend of mine. You guys know how I am. I keep very, I keep few friends, but... Amanda is just kind of one of those people that that kind of it she accepts you for who you are and it's something that I love about her. Um, I've gotten to know her a little bit um, um, at my home meeting, and she was nice enough to uh, come on with very with very little time. Um, so Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking your time today and coming on. You look you're shining today. <laughs> Thanks for having. Me. I'm excited. <laughs> well, welcome to the show. I always let guests know that's the nervous part of the show. <laughs> that's the one part <laughs> of the show where everybody's like, oh, what do I say? I don't know what to say. He introduced me. Um, so let's I'm get on sure. with it. <laughs> we all know how this works. This is uh, Raw Recovery, but it is Raw Recovery with Amanda R. The show is now yours, honey. Sweet. So I'm going to talk about what it was like. Should I start there? Yeah, that's a perfect place. Well, maybe, maybe where you grew up, you know, what your childhood was like. Yeah. Oh, my childhood was rough. And okay. I, and I think it's important um, to tell people that, you know, my childhood and the way that I was brought up is significant to who I am today. Mm -hmm. um ACA is a part of my story uh, kind of alcoholics um yeah the, a lot of dysfunction growing up okay my household was crazy um and my mom she wasn't an addict or an alcoholic but she was really sick mentally okay and um my dad was the alcoholic and and he got sober you know, I can barely remember going to AA meetings with him, but he got sober through AA. Okay. But eventually just stopped working a program. So, you know, became dry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Throughout the years. Yeah. Yeah. And if you guys don't know what a, what a dry drunk is, it means that you're not drinking and you're miserable. That's yes. the short version of it. I've been there and it's a horrible, horrible place to be. Right. It's like you're not drinking and you're you're so miserable that like you might as well yeah. be drinking. Yeah, you're so miserable that everyone around you wish you were drinking. Right. Yep. That's not what I want for myself. So <laughs> heck no. <laughs> right. we are, we are certainly like not a yeah, we're certainly not a glum lot. Nope. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So yeah. Um you know, I've just, I've experienced all kinds of abuse growing up. Um, okay. You know, my mom being 
my mom being sick, you know, I was the scapegoat mm-hmm. and my sister, the golden child. Okay. And, and that was, that was rough. You know, um, mental illness is a, is a big part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have a traumatic brain injury um, as a result of my, my mom's abuse. Um, yeah. And, you know, they, they couldn't diagnose me right. Like, mm-hmm. uh, because I had this TBI that they didn't know about. Not, yeah, I didn't wow. know what a concussion was at the time. Okay. I had no idea that, I had no idea what a concussion was. So I kind okay. of went undiagnosed. And then, you know, growing up in a bunch of, you know, group homes, I've been in a lot of group homes and they're trying to figure out what's wrong with me because I was nuts. You know, I was, I was, I was really nuts in there. And, um, so they're treating me for psychosis. They're treating me for, mm-hmm. for, and, you know, bipolar and all these things, but, um, it was the wrong diagnosis. So yeah. it was ended up, ended up screwing me up worse. So, so, and I have a couple of questions for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did you go into group homes? Oh, um, I started, I went to rehab when I was 12 years old for smoking meth. And after that, I would say 13 years old, I was in and out of group homes. Okay. And was that a decision that your parents made or the state made? The state made that decision. Okay. Okay. I only ask because I had, I had the same experience. I didn't do anything illegal but I was out of control. So they put me away. Um, and I can really relate with, I can really relate with that feeling of being put away. Um, okay. you know, the, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. So, oh, yeah. I had one sister that would come and visit me on my birthdays. And stuff. Ouch, yeah, man. That hurts. Why? Yeah. yeah and then when you leave and you're standing in the window, cause you can't leave. You know, man, right. I used to stand in the window and just ball my eyes out so that make my mom feel guilty as fuck. I was like, you're going to yeah. feel as bad as me, man. I was so mad. My mom doesn't feel guilt. I'm she sorry. does but with okay. anger. Okay. So we're in group homes. Yeah. Uh, I was all over. I was okay. all over Colorado. Yeah, I ended up uh, raising my first daughter in a group home. Wow. Um, in a mom's home. Yeah. Okay. How old were you then? Crazy. I was well, I was 15 when I got pregnant. Okay. And 16 when she was born. And, um, you know, yeah, my brain injury was still pretty fresh. Um, I was okay. being molested. And... Yeah, so I kept the baby and I didn't have any support. So, yeah, that treatment center I was in was a saving grace for us. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Do you mind if we know what treatment center that was? Oh, that was Third Way, Third Way Center. Okay. Um, I always like to let people know because obviously it's a good place. So if they need somewhere to go, you know, we can get them over there because we know that it's good, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that is good. That's fantastic. So, um, you're in a group home. How's your how's uh, 
Um, you have a baby now. How's your drinking and drugging doing? Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't the girl to have a job and sneak off and drink and stuff like that. No, I was happy in my group home. I was being taken care of. Okay. So I didn't. I didn't use. Um. It wasn't until I got out of that group home and I was living with my dad that, um, you know, all those years that I missed being a teenager, yeah. you know, I wanted to go hang out with friends, smoke a little pot. Yeah. And, you know, my dad would just get so pissed off at me. He's like, oh, you have a kid now. Yeah, but I'm still a teenager. I missed oh. out on all that stuff. So no. I rebelled and then... My daughter was um, uh, taken from me. She uh, she was three. She got into my PRN meds, colonopin, okay, or colonidine, one of those. And so she ended up, you know, chewing on one of those. We called an ambulance, and okay. they tried to charge me with child abuse and neglect. Wow. But she was taken from me. Okay. Then I was kind of cast aside and then my dad adopt my daughter so that's okay. a huge part of my story i'm sorry and then yeah after that happened i was so grief stricken that i drank myself stupid uh, you got a case of the fuckets i do a big yes yeah. life <laughs> yes you know what life has done nothing but freaking dump on me you know, and I get that too. It's like, you know, I'm doing really good in this group home and then people want to come along and, and tell me what to do. And they want to tell me that now I need to go over here when I'm doing just great right where I'm at. In fact, I'm doing the best I ever did, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I get that. But left to my own devices, I'm a sick puppy, man, you know. Yeah. I could walk away as soon as I walk away from those places. It's like my, my brain would just switch to a different gear, you know? Um, right. And I think that comes from um, having to be in survival mode all the time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you go through a lot of that having to be in survival mode? Yeah, I did. Especially being, I a, did. Especially being a girl. I think it's probably even harder. Yeah. I had a lot of hypervigilance, um, you know, watching people's cues, see, you know, to try to guess if they're going to uh, go nuts on me. Well, you probably, yeah, you probably gained a lot of empathy from that. Knowing what I people did. are going to do. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, and you yeah. people probably tell you a couple of things. Um, what, are you psychic? You probably get that one. No, I just know human behavior very well. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. You just, human it's just that you were, yeah. And like, <laughs> so it's we're told not to judge, but it's like, you know, God gave me an intuition for a reason. There's That's reasons it. why I've been through what I've been through, but I can, I can see shit, you know, like, um, mm -hmm. not to be too judgmental, but it's like, you know, somebody acts a certain way to me, it's a red flag. Yeah. You know? Well, and well, that's because we've been to places that other people haven't been. Um, we were we were required to be hyper vigilant, right. and uh, 
when that happen when that happens to us because human beings we're we're survivalists man that's what we do so put it in situations like that um you know i was just some white boy living in white suburbia suddenly i'm hanging out with gang members i'm suddenly i'm right. i'm sharing rooms with crips and bloods i didn't know what to do man i was yeah. scared out of my mind man so I'm pretty why I'm, that's why I love the program, you know, because it it talks about um just everything happening for a reason. And we have instincts, mm -hmm. right? God-given instincts. It's just we we take the use of our instincts and, and go too crazy with it. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Sure. You know, and and you know, God did give us instincts to use. And we just have to utilize them the right way. So when our will is aligned with God's will, then we're right. doing, you know, then we're doing it the right way. Um, but that takes some practice, man. Yeah. And I screw that I up. I know how to do that. You'll get there. Me too. <laughs> often. So, um, so what started happening after that? Your your daughter got taken away. Um, the drinking and drugging is progressing. Yes. Yep, I uh, felt abandoned. I felt so misunderstood by everybody, not supported. Um, and I drank those feelings away. I used those feelings away. I... Okay. Um, was tired. I just remember being so tired, you know, and, and getting, and, and I know that not everybody understands that, like not everybody's brain goes to suicide, but yeah. mine does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not, it's not that I want to die or I want to kill myself that I'm, I don't want to be in pain anymore. I don't yeah. want to hurt anymore. I understand you know, that. And like, that seems like the only way out of that, that bottomless pit of pain. Yeah. So I, I just fought that off. I fought that my, my whole life. Yeah. And um, I would drink. Yeah. And use to escape the shitty reality that yeah. I was in. Yeah. The one that we All created for ourselves that we thought other people did to us. It becomes a very confusing world in that vicious cycle, man. Just it just round and round and round. It's like, when does this end? Yes. When does it stop? Because I would rather be dead than continue going through this. Right. Right. And like when I when I came into the program, I found a, you know, they're like stop being a victim we're not victims anymore yep. and it pissed me off <laughs> it pissed me off in the beginning because i'm like okay. this is my experience and mm -hmm. you can't just take that from me it's who i am mm -hmm. and uh yeah you can't take that from me you why you say stop being a victim how like this is what i've been trying to figure out my whole life yeah how do i stop being a victim but the, the thing with the program is they told me how, mm. you know, that the program gave me a way out of all of it. And it's the program has taught me more and helped me more than any therapy I've ever been in. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. It was a way out of it, processing it. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a point in our stories where we become sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, we make a decision that we no longer, that we no longer want to live this life. And it's called the psychic change. Um, what happened to you that you decided this wasn't for you anymore? <laughs> well, me and my husband are both alcoholics. Okay. And, you know, we were married. And then our marriage just bombed out on us. Uh, a lot happened okay. all over again. This, you know, abandonment. Okay. And everything. Life is, I knew it was over. And we split up and I went straight to the bottle because that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. I went straight to the bottle and and then uh, we split up and, and ended up coming back together and drugging together trying to make work and then he was arrested for uh, domestic violence and uh, DUI okay. so after that he was on probation he couldn't drink mm -hmm. so he was like dry for Ooh. two months and I'm over here drinking at him like ha ha you know I'm you can't drink I can't. I'm in trouble <laughs> yeah it was so messed up Dion I it was messed up mm -hmm. like two months of that and I was like oh I gotta quit drinking I gotta quit this messed up so when I tried to quit I could not I could not and that's what scared me wow because even though I knew that basically I still thought that I could quit or moderate if I really wanted to and if I still had that control and uh, quickly realized that I did not and I was scared and I reached out to a neighbor of mine and asked her if she went to meetings I know that she had recently became sober and then she brought me to the dragon's den wow. and I haven't picked up a drink since wow yeah man you know sometimes you know yeah Sometimes it takes very, what's the best way to put it? Sometimes it, it has to involve the person that we love the most in order for us to take any action. That's what happened with me too. I saw my marriage no. ending and uh, mm -hmm. that was not acceptable to me. No, no, I did not. I had lost so much in my life, including myself that I was not willing to lose my wife to alcohol. So I get it. And, and I know they say you're supposed to get sober for yourself, but wanting my wife in my life is for myself. So, um, you know, and I wasn't capable right. of loving myself right. yet. I mean, I just wasn't. So I had to utilize the program for that. And that's okay. Well, I just figured like, this is it. Like, mm -hmm. this is it. I have nothing left. You know, I was a, I was a horrible mom. You know, yeah, I love my kids. Of course I love my kids. But you put a bottle and some cocaine in front of me. It's like, mm. what kids? Where? Yeah. What kids? I have kids. And it's just every aspect of life was so fucked up and I couldn't control 
my life was so unmanageable. The unmanageability was insane. Mm -hmm. And I knew that this isn't who I wanted to be. And it's like, I didn't know where else to go. So as soon as I found AA, I had this overwhelming feeling of home. I'm mm -hmm. home. I'm finally on the right track. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I'm going to have you, because our sound's kind of going up and down. I'm going to have you turn off your camera for the last part of this. Because um, I want people to make sure that you're, because it was going okay. in and out just a little bit. So turn off your camera. We will keep, we will keep going. So now you've got, so you've got a little bit of time in the program. And so what's life like for you now, Amanda? Oh, life is beautiful. I did not know that life could be this beautiful. Huh? I didn't know I could be so happy, joyous, and free. The life that I live today is is what I dreamed of as a child. Yeah. I, um, me and my husband are great. Like, he's amazing. <laughs> and, oh, oh, <laughs> he is. He's, he works a, a solid program himself. Yeah. Yeah, and how do you guys work that? Do you, you stay out of each amazing. other's program, I'm presuming? Yeah, well, you, that took practice too, you know? Sure. But yes, we stay out of each other's program and we're both blooming and God has blessed us with a bedroom house to live in. Uh, I have an animal room. My kids have their own bedrooms. Mm -hmm. I have a yard to work on grass to water plants to plant and i'm at peace yep. i'm at peace and i have god so close so completely safe yeah i don't feel like a victim i feel like a survivor and for once like all the experience that i have everything that i've been through uh it doesn't feel so heavy on me because I see it now as somebody else's survival guide, all yeah. of my experience, everything that I've been through, I can help somebody else. Yeah. And it's, and you know, it's, we yeah. get to a point in, in our, in our program where we find out that all the quote unquote crappy things that we did make us who we are. And, you know, it's like when I look in the mirror today, I like what I see. I like me now. So I wouldn't change a darn thing because all of that made me who I am today, good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. Um, yes. For me, it's a matter of when am I going to utilize that experience to help somebody else? Yes. And I love working with other women. I have some amazing sponsors right now. I That's have so amazing cool. friends. I love people. I'm open. I'm not closed off anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and one of the things that I really appreciate about you in the meetings is you're always very genuine as to where you're at and what's going on. Um, and you have a lot of self-awareness, Amanda. I don't know if you know that or not, um, but you do have a lot of self-awareness. And I think that is that is key to being honest with yourself. Um, 
And uh, mm -hmm. I think that's very important. You don't have to be honest with anybody else, just yourself, man. Right. Right. I feel like I would rather take my own inventory and figure it out for myself than be told by somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell God your plans, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, he always finds it, you know, the problem is, is even when I've made a decision to do something that's not going to work, the thing is, I have this thing called willingness and God always brings me beyond back because I'm willing. Um, so, you right. know, my best laid plans are great, but, you know, what's going to actually happen is really going to be uh, uh, something different, most likely. Um, although, as I, I find the longer I'm in the program, that, that like in the beginning, God was like, no, no, no. And there was not yet, not yet. And one day he was like, yes. And I wasn't prepared for it. I was like, oh no, wait a minute. It was always a no. Now it's a yes. Uh oh, you know, but it felt good because it was like, wow, my will is in line with God's. Right. And that was amazing. Yeah. And my sponsor tell me, I was like, you know, like, if this was God's will for me, excited, like maybe because I don't feel so excited about it, it's not God's will. She laughed. She's like, are you mm -hmm. kidding me? It's when you're uncomfortable that you're in God's will. That's it. <laughs> I feel like very uncomfortable. Good. Yeah. Good. That means you're owning your feelings, Good. man. Yeah. That's like the end, you know, yeah. keep coming back. It hurts. Yeah, that's what I usually say, because it does, it hurts, but that's growth, man. And I did, yeah. it, you know, I deal with extenuating circumstances too. And even with everything that I go through, it's still better than my best day drunk, man. Um, and I'm very, very right. grateful right. that I get to, that I even get to make choices today. Like, you know, now my choices are, you know, am I going to be, am I going to be an asshole or a nice guy today? Those are my choices now. Right. Um, and that's right. so much easier. So much easier. Because um, it turns out I'm a pretty nice guy. So much so. easier. So do you um, do you have any parting <laughs> yeah, words are. of wisdom? <laughs> Thanks. Do you have any parting words of wisdom? Parting for, words for... of wisdom. <laughs> I would say... Um, no, I'm not very, I'm not all that wise. That's okay. Just, you know, uh, coming into the program, you can't fix your own sick thinking with your own sick thinking. Um, and to listen to what people have to say, take people's suggestions. Yeah. You know, when I came into the program, I did not know how to live a sober life or to think for myself and listening to people. I came in willing. I'm like, tell me what to do, do yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. And even though people's suggestions seemed really asinine, I them anyway. And that's when I really learned how to do things differently and, and how to live differently. And I think that's, yeah. uh, I think that's fantastic. Because the thing is, guy, and, and thank you, Amanda, very much for that, is, you know, when we come in, um, we need direction. And we're going to probably fight that because people are going to be telling us what right. to do. But 
please give yourself a chance. You know, we could sit here and say your best thinking got you here and da da da. But you know, what it just comes down to is give yourself a chance, man, at a better life, at a happier life. Um, and you know, your best thinking did get you here. So let's maybe listen to somebody else for a little while. Um, you know, my sponsor let me know. He said, Hey, why don't you give it a try? If you don't like it, then I'll refund your misery. <laughs> right. Well, you right. jerk. <laughs> right. It's like you got, you've got nothing to lose jumping in both feet and going that's, through the steps. That's it is, you know, we're, we're a very, we're a very uh, befuddled lot because we come in saying, well, I can do it myself and I'm a big, blah, blah. but when we, when it really comes down to it, we're an emotional mess, man. We are. And we need help more than anything. I don't know about anybody else, but more than anything, I did want those people in my life. It's just that I was so scared to do it that uh, I need to be pushed. Right. So and that's okay. Amanda, thank you so yeah, much. Okay. I didn't for- trust anybody i thought well, everybody was full of shit and then <laughs> until you know they giving suggestions that were working and then then built trust with these people <laughs> yeah and that takes time and and that's one of those things where we say um you know stick around and wait for the miracle to happen uh, yeah. that's one of those things where you'll you know those ninth step promises start coming true for you you know where yeah uh, a problem will come along and, and you solve it fairly easily where, right. you know, before it would have just been a mess. Um, right. So, you know, there, there was a saying, uh, there have been no dragons in my life, just small spiders and stepping in gum. I could have coped with dragons, you know, right. and that's because we like to make mountains out of molehills, you know, to deal with them. Yes. It's the only we know. It was the only way I knew how. Right, right. <laughs> Me too, Dion. Well, I, I I appreciate you coming on, especially on short notice, um, and coming on and and spending some time with us this morning. Um, and thank you for coming on, Amanda. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I I was excited to do this, and and I hope that my words are. Anything that I've said can help somebody else. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. You know, every time I do this, it's about helping helping that one person. You know, yes, I would love to help hundreds and hundreds of people at once. Yeah, that would be cool. But you know, reasonable expectations, man. Let's help one person. <laughs> you know, right? Um, God's plan, not mine. So, what a great way to end it with some humility. You know, you guys, as we're going through the day, make sure that when, you know, even when I get a green light, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah. And you'll find that if you're grateful for the things that are going on in your life, that you'll just become grateful. And uh, <laughs> then you start treating people like they should be. You know, right. Right. Um, I'm really right now, I'm really big on uh, unconditional love and loving people for exactly who they are. That could be tough. Yeah. But now that I've learned how to love myself, I can do that. Amen. Amen to that one. All right, guys. This has been another episode of Raw Recovery, a Trudging Together podcast. My name is Dion. I'm your host. I love you guys. You know I do.
peace out and have a day.